Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Black and Abdallah, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. It's Bluck and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. This is what we know heading into the Combine this week in Indianapolis. Caleb Williams will not throw at the Combine. Uh, Quarterbacks who will, Michael Penix, J.J. McCarthy. So a couple of quarterbacks will throw, and we don't know yet whether or not Drake May will throw this week at the Combine. I haven't seen anything that says he will or won't. I think he can only... Actually, I don't know. I think everybody's kind of... At least the people that are analyzing the draft. I know that there are NFL draft people that like do mock drafts. But all the NFL reporters that are covering the NFL and the draft are saying it's going to be Caleb Williams number one. Whether it's the Bears or someone else, Caleb Williams is going to be the first pick. And I think that Drake May, if he goes out and looks bad, he can only really hurt himself. If he throws, I don't think he can help his case if he goes out and throws like like a guy like J.J. McCarthy for sure can Penix for sure can. Like remember last year, Anthony Richardson went out and put on a show at the combine. Yeah, fourth pick overall. Exactly. And he was going to be second half of the first round, bottom of the first round type of guy and then ended up being a top five pick. So I think that the guys that are lower the J.J. McCarthy's, the Bo Nix's, the Penix's, those guys can for sure raise their draft stock by throwing at the combine. I don't know if Jaden Daniels, who's already said he's not going to, and Drake May and certainly Caleb Williams can do anything, can only hurt. I think they can only hurt themselves by throwing at the combine. I totally disagree with you on that. Uh, this is why. Friday night show, I was talking to Tyler Aki about this. I spent a lot of time on Friday watching uh, cut-ups and highlights and uh, clips of Drake May. Sat down, spent some time upstairs before the show. And there there have been a couple of rumblings that Drake May, in some camps, is the preferred quarterback, the best quarterback out there. Tim Hasselback was on the radio station last week talking to Waddle and Sylvie. He said he's the best prospect in, in the NFL draft this upcoming season. When you watch Drake May play, and, and it's something Tyler and I talked about on Friday, he's 6'4", 230, Last season, North Carolina threw for 24 touchdowns, nine interceptions, completion percentage of 63%. I'd say this with Drake May. Is he as uh, polished, perhaps, as Caleb Williams? Maybe not. But the physical tools are certainly there. Like, he's a quarterback that stands tall in the pocket. He, He makes all the right reads, the right throws. He can move in the pocket to get away from pressure. He can run down the field if he wants to. Looks a lot like Josh Allen when he's running with the football. I, I know he's a little bit shorter because Josh Allen's, what, 6'5", and, mm-hmm. and May is 6'4". And I, I would compare him more to Allen than Herbert. A lot of people have compared Drake May to Herbert, but I think Drake May is more mobile mm-hmm. than, say, Herbert is. Well, that's why I go with the Josh Allen comparison. But these guys are going to have their pro days. So, no, like, this isn't uh... This is why I don't think you're right. I think Drake May could improve his stock. I don't think the only thing Drake May could do is go 
goes south on the stock, I think Drake May still has a case to be made that well, he could be the number one pick and he could be the quarterback for the Chicago Bears going forward. To me, my whole philosophy is that whoever it is, Drake May or Caleb Williams, the Bears have to solidify that guy as the guy of the future and take the right player. Now, if you think that Caleb Williams can hold up and you think that he'll limit the turnovers in the pocket and you think that those wow plays, that the escapability plays they showed at USC will continue and that the speed of the NFL game won't eliminate those plays, then you go Caleb Williams. But if you have this idea in your head that perhaps the escapability from Williams will not quite be there at the next level because the edge rushers are faster, the players in the professional game are much faster than what they were in the Pac-12, mm-hmm then I think Drake May might be the guy. So I don't think there's nothing for Drake May to, to gain here. I think he could improve. I would agree with you if there were no such thing as pro days. But it's not like this is the last time that he was going to throw was in the bowl game that he played, right? Like Drake May, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, they're all going to have pro days where every scout that's going to be at the Combine from the teams that are in the top three, top four, top five, whatever, that maybe think they can trade up with the Bears or with the Commanders or with whoever, are going to be at those pro days, and they're going to get to see them throw again. If, the, if you eliminate pro days and say those aren't allowed anymore or whatever, then sure, throw at the Combine. That's fine. But these guys are still all, all going to, like, Roma Dunze is not going to run. He's not going to do all the workouts. He's going to do them at his pro day. He's going to run the 40 at his pro day. And he's solidified, he's pretty much solidified himself as the second or third wide receiver. Now, it's only a matter of someone's going to take a wide receiver or an offensive lineman or a wide receiver or an edge rusher, but he's going to be a top 10 player. So for him not to run or not, not to run the 40, not do the workouts, I don't care. He's going to do all that stuff at the pro days. This combine has now turned into a showcase for the guys that are outside the top 10. The combine now, that's why a lot of these coaches don't even go anymore. Like there's who, McVeigh's not going, Shanahan's not going, Salah's not going. A that lot of these, that doesn't matter. But I'm saying that a lot of these guys are just saying. Are there GMs? Are there scouting? The GMs are going to be at the scout, but they're also going to be at the. But they're also going to be. Matter. That's my point. Is none of this matters? No, 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 no. It does. I'm saying your point does not matter. No, it, none of this matters. The fact that a head coach for a team that's not picking in the top ten isn't going to be there does not matter. But the but the my GMs point, and all the scouting I department people will be there, and that's why these guys don't need to throw. They don't need to run. Do it at your pro day. Don't you think there is a little bit of perception is reality? Like if a Dunze came out and he ran a four four. All of a sudden, that closes the gap, at least publicly, between himself and neighbors. Yeah. And like, if if Drake May shows in a not, if he shows out and he throws very well, again, no. I understand what you're saying, Adam, but like, in a not completely controlled environment that exists in a pro day, like, I do think there is something to perception having some sort of impact on the way these guys are viewed by the the public and by the front office. Yeah, Anthony Richardson was supposed to go. That's why I said J.J. McCarthy can throw. That's fine. Let him throw. Penix can throw. That's fine. At this moment, Drake May is not the number one consensus pick. Okay. If, like, what Charlie is saying, if Drake May shows up and is, you know, scouts are blown away by what they see from Drake May. And what if he sucks? It could turn the conversation What if he can't hit an open wide receiver? 
Not a and gamer. Then, and then he, drops, then he drops out of the top five. Well, there you go. Scared of competition. That's my point. That's why they don't do yeah, it. I, I, That's don't, why, like, I don't understand your logic, though. So you, no one should ever try anything because what no. if something bad's going to happen? My point is that there's They're enough. They're supposed to be competitive. No, my point is that. that there's enough tape on these guys. They've solidified themselves over the last two or three years playing in college football that they are where they should be because of what they've put on tape in-game situation. Not running around in gym shorts without shells but, on but and all that kind of stuff. I get that, but they but they've got the only thing they can do is drop. You're the number two pick in the draft. The only thing you can do at the combine is go down further, throw at your pro day. No, he could go be, to one. He's not going to go to one. You don't know that. Not by not from this week. He's not. People have have suggested that Drake May could go one. That has been out. That's out there. Yeah, like two guys. Cool. Okay, but Drake May isn't like. Here's what I think. There, I think you're you're pitching this as like Drake May is. How can I say this? It, it, I feel like Caleb and Drake May are much closer than, say, in previous years where you have a number one and a number two quarterback where it's just very obvious. I, I think this is a situation where if, if, the, if everything checks the boxes, I think both guys will be very successful in the NFL. He might throw. He hasn't said he's not going to throw yet. I just don't think it'd be beneficial for him, Caleb Williams, or Jaden Daniels to do it. Do it in your pro day. Have your controlled environment. Make sure everything looks good. Everybody's got the tape on you from, from the regular seasons of college football. You've got all the tape you want. Maybe I'm old-fashioned. I like, I like competition. Okay. I like seeing if guys can go out there they, and actually they perform. They already competed. They competed for how many years in, in, at the collegiate level? No, I know. it's Now you continue on. You're going to go pro, so this is more yeah. of that. You don't get to just hang out. You you went to college. That's you don't get exactly to hang what out they're based doing. on what That's you did exactly in college. That's exactly what they do. So you're you saying get to that. Perform going so you forward. would like the NFL to man? If you want to be drafted, you got to do everything at the combine. I never said that. Aren't I just there, like watching competition. Aren't there at least a few owners who see what happens on NFL Network and they see a receiver who runs a four three eight and are like. I don't care what you guys do. You are drafting this guy because yeah. he is faster than everybody else. I yes. saw what happened at the NFL combine. That's fine. You've yes. also got NFL owners that just call up coaches and say, okay, because of that, we're going to draft, draft Bryce Young. NFL owners are going to do whatever they want to do. If I'm a player and I'm already going to be in the top three, I'm going to I'm going to control every single piece of the environment that I can, and I'm going to throw my pro day. Coley in Milwaukee. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Coley? Hey, fellas. I, I always love the show. You know, I'm calling from Wisconsin. I'm, I'm looking at it from a different point of view. All right, this new news about Caleb not going at the combine? Is mm-hmm. that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Quarterbacks do it all the time. Yeah, yeah, I know. And last year, what was his name that went to Tennessee? Uh, remember what he said? He said, I'm going to come here and I'm going to show up and show out. Okay, I'll, let me remind you of a time when Aaron Rodgers and we went to go play Seattle in the NFC Championship, and they were like, aren't you scared of the defense? Aren't you scared of this? And Aaron Rodgers said, no, I'm not scared of anything. I think that's a chink in his armor if he doesn't show up and show out. And then, and then okay, that goes back to him crying, him not producing. I mean, why wouldn't you show up and show out? I, I don't get it. But that was not my original point. That was not my, Y'all were talking about Patrick Mahomes. Sure. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, like, it's Patrick Mahomes or nothing. Do I think Jordan Love is Patrick Mahomes? No. Not by a long shot. But if you put a good enough team around him, and this goes back to um, uh, Justin Fields, 
I can see the argument being made because we've seen this last year. Who did we have? We had Jared Goff, Brock Purdy, Lamar Jackson, and Patrick Mahomes. You don't as long as you're as long as you're competitive. You, you know, and, and, and it's my point too. You don't be scared. You put your best team you can, mm-hmm. and you move forward. Do I got to face Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, somewhere I got to face him. But I'm not scared of him. It's the same thing Aaron Rodgers said when he went into that Seattle defense. He said, they asked him, like, are you scared? Aren't you scared of Seattle? He said, no. I'm not scared of Seattle. I'm going to go play my best game, and I'm going to try to win. All right. We got you down, Coley. All right. I got you, Appreciate you. There you go. There's Coley in Milwaukee. I'd say this. uh, Well, on the Mahomes thing, I didn't. I don't think we said you had to have Mahomes. No. You, you need a, a very good quarterback but to be my, successful year after year in the NFL. That's just the way it kind of works. He said Jared Goff, Mahomes, Brock Purdy, and Jordan Love, right? Mm-hmm. Those were guys that were all top seven during the regular season in yards. Like, those are all very, very good quarterbacks. Like, Mahomes is the best. Mahomes might be the best ever. So, you can say, sure, you don't have to have Patrick Mahomes. But Jared Goff was second in the league in yards. Brock Purdy was fifth. You have to have a good quarterback. Jordan Love was seventh. What are we doing? Like you need. What's you need, wrong with people in this like, area? Why do people just want to settle for people just Justin want Fields and running was, the football? Was twenty second. This is also, and we've said this countless times, but I feel like people don't understand this. You're in a unique situation because you have the first overall pick. Yeah. This is also a financial decision. Even if Caleb Williams comes out, and for the next three years has the exact same stats as Justin Fields and is just Justin Fields, you can build a better team around him because in two years, you don't need to give Caleb Williams $40 million. Right. You can just continue. So all of this build around him, build around him, build around him, that's what you're doing. By trading Justin Fields and getting Caleb Williams or Drake May, you're building around your quarterback because in two years, when you got to hand a quarterback $40 million in Justin Fields, You don't need to do that with Caleb Williams or Drake May. You use that money on your defense, on your offensive line, wherever you want to. That's building around your quarterback, not handing him $40 million for being mediocre. If that's what your plan is, then he has to make up for all the other issues on the team. And he doesn't. If you're going to pay that quarterback that money, he needs to be so good he can make up for everything else that doesn't work. That's what... That's what managing the salary cap is in today's NFL. Mm-hmm. When you pay the quarterback, he needs to be good enough to fix everything else on the roster. Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Follow the show on Twitter at Chris Black and at Adam A. Abdallah. Here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Abdullah, do you have any zoo news? Sorry, you caught me mid-drink. Yes, I have zoo news. I always have zoo news. Chris, there's always news at the zoo. Abdullah, do you have any zoo news? I do, Chris. There's always zoo news. Well, hello, Mr. Lion. Here's the latest edition of the zoo news. Chris, it's a sad day uh, in the zoo news community. As the story we brought to you 
Earlier last year, when uh, the New York uh, Central Park Zoo, uh, Flacco the Owl, escaped and uh, made uh, New York Central Park his uh, home. He just flew away. And he flew away. And zoologists there and zookeepers at the New York Central Park Zoo decided to just let Flacco be free. He was an owl. His name was Flacco. He was elite. One comeback owl of the year. And they said, you know what, owl? You stay out there. You're living life. And uh, earlier, Flacco, the owl. No, I know. Earlier last week, Flacco, the owl, died from traumatic impact. Zoologist confirmed after he reportedly flew into a building. Further testing planned to determine if the Eurasian eagle owl may have been sick and what led to him flying into a building. And we gave you this story, and it's our job to report the news. And Chris, it is a sad day in the zoo news community. Zoo flags are at half-mast. Do we need the sounder? No, this is, uh, we don't need a sounder. We need, uh, if you could find taps. Uh, <laughs> what was the sounder? What was the sounder? Yeah, what sounder were we going to play? play? Breaking news. This happened, Breaking news. This happened on like Friday, didn't it? Yeah, no, over the weekend. Yeah. So a sad day, Chris. Wow. In the zoo news community, zoo news enthusiasts okay. all over okay. the country okay. in mourning. All right. As Flacco the Owl <laughs> flew into a building. Which building? a building it's new york there's a lot of buildings how very specific of your report fans across the city who cheered him on as he defied the odds by fending for himself despite a life in captivity flacco had been in good physical shape but they're still doing further testing to see if he had been sick or maybe on something that he ate that drove him to fly into the building Eulogies from his admirers poured in over the weekend, and so did speculation about which of the many urban threats to wildlife may have contributed to his death. Well, the window. Flacco fans who listened for his nightly hooting in the Upper West Side reported he'd gone quiet in the days before his death and theorized that Flacco may have fallen ill. So we pour one out for Flacco the Owl. Okay. We lost a great one, Chris. We had owls outside my house all the time. And we Damn were very it, Charlie. Can we have a moment of silence for Flacco? Can we have a moment? We understand, Charlie. Can we have a moment? You grew up in the Pacific, in the Pacific Northwest. Northwest. We get owls. it. We've all seen yep. Twin Peaks. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we were scared for our corgi. Yeah. yeah. Well, the don't have a small dog. The owls are going to pick them off. Yeah. A moment all of right. silence. All right, Charlie. Charlie. We're going to try this again. For Flacco the owl. I was going to try and lay this out there once again for the owl. A moment of silence as we pour one out for Flacco. For the bird. The owl. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. Now, wait, wait, now Chris, you, Charlie, has, you had an owl in the, in the tree in your house? We had or? several owls. Several we had owls. one in my roof. On the roof. No, like in the ceiling, in the attic. We know, Chris, that the, uh, the animals, we report on the zoo news, as sad as it may be, but we know that the animals don't like being in the zoo. No, they don't, but maybe they should stay in. Let us out, let us out, let us out, let us out. The zoo is overloaded. This is morbid. And that, Chris, yeah, it's, sadly, it's your zoo news. is what's new yeah. at the zoo. That's what is new at the zoo. I will say we're, uh, we're entering that time of year where the, uh, the birds of prey are going to start getting active. Spring. You're yeah. hunting. Oh, yeah. Uh, last spring, I had multiple hawks. Mm-hmm. 
strike pigeons and eat and rip the pigeons apart on That's my deck. That's burn on bird crime, man. Hey, man, when you have an apex predator like a, a, a falcon... It's flying around. Avondale looking for prey. I don't like bird on bird crime like that. Well, listen, the, the pigeons got their last laugh as, uh, <laughs> what was the name of uh, the owl? Flacco. Flacco. Yeah, I definitely last spring had a uh, hawk that flew directly into our window. And that that was had it. to be loud, man. You, you think? <laughs> That's a big bird. Yeah. It was very loud. <laughs> when I took the shovel out there. To, all right. Well, all cause, right. Because usually what happens is uh, the birds hit the window. And, yeah. you know, like the little the little cute ones, they, they like, they're stunned. And they, and they sit just there, shake it off. They sit there for a minute. You see them. You see that they're breathing. You watch from the inside. Mm-hmm. You come back 10 minutes later and they're gone. Yeah. They fly away. Mm-hmm. Or like I've seen, uh, we've had a pigeon before. And that thing took like. A 25-minute breather. Took a nap. And then, well, you know why? It was gone. It was a pigeon. It had to do the hard reset. Yeah. And then flew back away. But uh, when I saw the the hawk laying there, I thought to myself, I don't think that thing's breathing. But I let it it have its moment. Come back like 30 minutes later. It has not moved. Did you give it a whack? No, I took the shovel. And you know, I don't want to get too graphic. You gave it a Uh, nudge? You know when you pick something up? And there's pieces of it that are limp. All right, that's enough. That's enough. I was like, well, that neck. That's that, that, That's not. That's not going to work. That's enough. <laughs> that thing is. Go- that's a goner. That's that thing's a goner. <laughs> so unfortunately, it sounds like the same thing happened to Flacco. I with think the so. Yeah. 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 Sadly. Jeez. Sadly. Yeah. You know they had a they had a problem at the um, McCormick place. Uh, in the fall, with all the birds migrating south, oh yeah, hitting uh-huh. McCormick Place, well, like listen, thousands and thousands of them hitting the building. If if Kevin Warren gets his way, and they build an enclosed stadium that mimics, hopefully not exactly what the Vikings have, that was a main story when the Vikings first built their stadium because it's all glass. That thousands of birds. We're flying into the new stadium. Yeah. And that is going to happen if, if it's, that's replicated. I hope they don't do the same thing and it just doesn't look like a copy of the Viking stadium. But It's a beautiful stadium. It is, except for, for the birds. Well, I wonder what's new with the zoo, baby. That's your zoo news uh, for tonight yeah, here on Black and Abdallah. On ESPN 1000 and, and the ESPN and Chicago is, app. Apparently. Yeah, and Charlie has owls. Yep. In the attic. Owls several in the attic. owls. Can I just have like a minute on the NBA? Just one minute? Just hang with us. We'll get right back to football. One minute on the NBA. Do you time you? No, I, this is what I was thinking about over the weekend, right? The NBA, there was a lot of good action over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday, there was a doubleheader on ABC early, mm-hmm. noon, mm-hmm. and then another game in the afternoon, and then two games on ESPN. Here's what I don't get about the NBA. Why do you care so much about your battle of ratings early in the season against football? Let it be. You're going to lose the football either way. Yeah. What do you care about the first two months of the season? The NBA season is in full go mode right now. Oh, yeah. It's the race to the playoffs. You have all the attention. All the eyeballs on the weekends, 
There's nothing else that's that's really huge that's that's counter programming to what you're doing. I know there's college basketball fans out there and people love basketball of all kinds. But like why does Adam Silver stress about the ratings early in the season against football? The moment football's over, you have a free runway. It's all NBA now. Like I don't the, the NBA weekend was fantastic. Why do people care and say, well, uh, the ratings are uh, in November. People, are, Who cares yeah. if no one's watching in November? You know when people should be watching? Now. Now, there's like, what, 25 games left, 26 <laughs> games left for most teams? Right, and, and the Sunday schedule, there were four games on national TV yesterday. It was great. There were games on on Saturday. There yeah. were games on Friday. The NBA's in a great spot. I don't understand the, the, the worry about the fall and football and, and all this stuff. Like, the NBA is meant to be watched now, into the summer. That's when people love the NBA. No one's clamoring for NBA basketball November 2nd. Come on, we're watching football then. See, that's I, I love that every sport needs to schedule around football. I just, like, not care. Like, that's it what does, I'm most... But, it, but before football became this behemoth where it's the only sport people care about... Yeah. It... It's always been this way. No one cares about the NBA early in the season. No. You care about the NBA after the Half All-Star the break. don't care about it till Christmas. That's my, that's my point. You saw great performances from Jason Tatum and uh, Jokic and, mm-hmm. and all Kevin Durant. Yes, like they're they're all I don't understand the like worry. Is the NBA on a downturn? There's yeah. no downturn. This is when you watch basketball. Yeah, I don't worry about it's it. It's when you watch college basketball. Tonight, there's college basketball on. March Madness is right around the corner. We're almost ending February. I mean, like, this is when basketball is great. Yeah, I I, I agree. I mean, they have to say that they care. I mean, it's his job to care. It's He's the commissioner of the NBA. He's supposed to care no, about I all know. of the NBA. I know it's his job, but, like, like that's part changing of his job. everything about the league just so you can artificially bump some ratings in November, I think is is strange. Yeah, I, I agree with you. But, I don't think anybody's trying to watch the NBA in, in November, October, November. Kerry in Glenview, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Kerry? Want to talk about birds? Birds, okay. okay. First, Abdallah, I thought you were a believer. Birds aren't real. Well, Kerry, okay. Some birds aren't real. You have to have some real birds out there to keep the illusion that birds are real. For the people that haven't expanded their mind and opened their third eye. So like the pigeon that had to do the hard reset when it ran into Chris's window, not a real bird. But like you have to sprinkle in some real birds in there to keep the illusion up. You know what I mean? Okay, that's fair. There you go. And since we're on black and pigeons, yeah. the pigeon that got your backpack. You just got to get a new backpack. I can't I mean, get a new backpack. That's an expensive you backpack. You have to get a new backpack. No, a fancy I backpack. Get a new backpack. I, I think I cleaned it pretty well. What is that, it, Coach? That can't be cleaned. Oh, to me. No. It can be cleaned. I mean, it, does it still smell you, like can poop? You, can you tell that it went right down the side here? Where's the poop? It went right down the side on the zipper. I don't uh, see any zipper. poop. I don't see any poop. I cleaned it well. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I will say this, Carrie. When I zip, Open it and uh, you get a waft. No, I just every time I think <laughs> I, lo- I look at it, and I go, I know what happened there. <laughs> it doesn't smell. You but need I- a new backpack. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Carrie. <laughs> just dunk it in a bunch of sanitizer. You're fine. Well, I, I used uh, Clorox wipes and like 
got in there. Okay. Every little crevice of the, the zipper. You yeah. know, the little teeth are. That's why you needed like a, you needed like a sanitizing spray, not a bleach, because that'll, that'll ruin your bag. I soaked but it. I soaked it. The right. thing was soaked. I think you're fine then. I don't know. I, kn- I know what happened. And if you missed the show last week, I had a, pr- a pigeon that uh, went. It's good luck. On my jacket, onto the backpack. Did you know that? Hit me. It's, it's the first luck. time in the city. If one of the robot pigeons releases their fake excrement onto you, that's good luck. I don't think it is. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Okay, one other basketball thought from the weekend. You had a minute. College basketball, though. Okay, that's fair. Uh, So I'm watching UConn and Villanova Mm -hmm. on Saturday night. Yeah. Gus Johnson on the call. Jim Jackson, I believe, was uh, working with him. Gus Johnson said on the broadcast, I wrote this down, on the broadcast, that Caitlin, Caitlin Clark is the greatest college basketball player he's ever seen. Ooh. And they had a good debate on the broadcast about who the best college basketball player they've ever seen playing college basketball, men's, women's. Caitlin Clark, is she the best college basketball player you've ever seen? Gus Johnson on Saturday calling the UConn game. That's what he, that's what he said. That she's the best player, and he wasn't saying it to do the the hot take culture thing. Where no, 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 know, people on first take sometimes, or you're on different FS1. You speak, I speak, or we all speak. What's the name of that show with uh, Nick Wright? Hot speak. Yeah, hot speak. You know, sometimes people say things hoping it would be clipped and then yeah. they go viral. Yeah, I don't think Gus Johnson was hoping to go viral with this. He was yeah. just being honest that she's the best college basketball player he's ever seen. All right, Mello's up there. Carmelo Anthony in the conversation, for sure. But he only played one season. I know. So all the one-and-done guys. Do, no, but do, that doesn't do their matter. careers match the same as someone yeah. who's in If college? you're the best, you're the best. Because if you matter. give me Carmelo Anthony, I'm going to say Jay Williams had a, a Jay Williams was very good college basketball yes. career at Duke. Yeah. I mean, if we're just going to go one-and-done guys, I mean, I, I, I know it's, it's, re, it's, quote, recent because it's been in the last few years, uh, but Zion... Um, when he played Shaq, it's got to be up there too. Yeah, I don't remember watching a lot of Shaq, but um, Shaq in college w- was a force. But I, I don't remember like moments with Shaq. Like players, I remember moments with Steph Curry, obviously. Yeah, the run at Davidson, mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade taking Marquette to the Final Four Wade was was, really good. was pretty incredible. Rip mm-hmm. Hamilton at Connecticut. Uh, I was parcel to Allen Iverson and Ray Allen back in the days of the Big East battling each other. I, I know if you're going to talk the greatest college basketball players of all time, you have to mention Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. Of course, but I didn't see them. Bill so, Walton like, is in that conversation. Christian Leitner just for college, too. Yeah, Christian like you Leitner. asked that I've seen. Yeah. I've I, To me, the one that I saw that made the biggest impact, even though it was only one year, was Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo's one year at Syracuse was pretty incredible. Yeah. What about like Ewing? Patrick Ewing at Georgetown? Mm -hmm. Sure. Absolutely. But the thing is with with you saying the one and dones and all that, like with Caitlin Clark, it's been sustained. 
Yeah. You know, it's not just a one-off. Well, that that's you know? why I give you Jay Williams. Yes. Like, Jay Williams was at Duke for multiple seasons. Yes. Or Rip Hamilton, multiple yes. seasons at UConn. Yeah, because when you add in the... Like, oh. that's why, like, Ewing is fine and all that kind of stuff. And people in the Twitch chat, you can watch it on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago, are saying, like, Bill Walton. Like, I didn't see Bill Walton play college football or basketball. You're asking the ones that I've seen. And so, like, Caitlin Clark is probably top five. I remember, like, Maya Moore was a huge Maya story was at good. UConn. Yeah, yeah Maya mm-hmm. Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the same goes for uh, D- Diana Trossi. She was incredible. Candace Parker. Candace Parker as well at Utah. I know, I, know, I mean... Um, Ken Sparker at Tennessee, but uh, I know when you talk about like the greatest college basketball players ever, Cheryl Miller is always in the conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't see Cheryl Miller play. No. Um, like you said with Bill Walton, didn't see Bill Walton or Magic Johnson or Larry Bird play. Yeah. Uh, but the the them being notable for being college basketball stars before they got to the NBA was always something that I was aware of. Um, you know, Christian Leitner is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, you go mm-hmm. back even to some of those great. 90s teams of of like the fab five were were a group that people really enjoyed watching in college basketball mm-hmm. it, it's interesting i i heard him say it on saturday night and i was like i think we could talk about this because i don't think gus johnson was saying it to get clicks no no, no i no. feel like a lot of takes nowadays people are only only saying stuff so they can they can hope that they go viral but like gus johnson was calling a men's game UConn and Villanova, Look, and they were talking about Caitlin Clark, and he mentioned that he thinks she's the greatest college basketball player he's ever seen. When you, when when we talked about it when she was here at Northwestern, when they played against Northwestern here uh, up in Evanston, and people were lined up at like six in the morning to get seats to get tickets, right? Because they were handing out a few standing room only or whatever tickets, or like in the student section. Like if it's must see. When she comes to your town and has been that way for the last couple of years, like that puts you to me, puts you in the top five. Like it's must, must see. Like she's already set the record for most points uh, by a player. She passed that what, two weeks ago. Um, and so like, yeah, she, it's, it's must see. It's absolute must see TV. And I think that that makes it. And this isn't, oh, well, you know, we're living in the moment and all that kind of stuff. No, no, no. She set the record. Like she set the record for most points. Like that's not. Uh, something that you're just like, oh, she did it for the season, whatever. That's all time, most points. You mentioned the star power. When you look at the star power with Caitlin Clark, you're right. It's probably the biggest since Zion. And since Zion Williamson, what was it? Who who was like the biggest road show in college basketball? Jimmer Fredette. I almost feel Jimmer like... Fredette, like he perhaps. was big when yeah. he was in mm-hmm. college. He was in threes from all over. He was the, Steph Curry before Curry, basically, but I, for college. I almost, I almost feel like you can't even compare other basketball players at that point. Like, I think she's such a sensation that you're exiting college basketball player territory and you're starting to get into, like, Tim Tebow and Johnny yeah. Manziel kind of realm. Yeah, I, I could see that. I would say college basketball also, like, the Florida teams that went back-to-back with Billy Donovan, Joakim Noah, Al Horford. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, those, mm-hmm. those teams had, had star qualities, like a following. People knew that they were the best team in college basketball. Yeah. It was like a road show, a road tour type of thing. Um, Duke has had some elements of that throughout the years. Kentucky for sure. But a lot of the Kentucky teams were all thrown together with one and dones. Yeah. You know, like that's where the one and done era really limits, I think, the enjoyment of college basketball is because you don't get 
the return champions. You don't get the storyline for a second year, Joakim Noah going for it, where everyone knows that crazy center with the crazy hair who can kind of do everything, but he can't shoot. Like, that guy's kind of interesting. Like, let's watch that guy. Or, yeah. or even uh, the just the way some teams in the past kind of dominated college basketball. And you're right. I, I think if you mix on-court excellence with star potential, Caitlin Clark is easily in the conversation for top five I've for ever sure. seen. Now, if you want to debate how good she is compared to the others in those spots. I think that's totally debatable, but the fact that you're right, people are showing up to arenas early in the morning for seven o'clock tip. You don't see that for anyone else in the men's game uh, in the last couple of years, except for Zion Williamson. He was the only one that people were like, I have to see him play in college basketball. Yeah. And I mean, that had the celebrity power too, because you saw, you know, celebrities showing up to the games. Everybody was showing up to Zion's games. I think that, you know, just we didn't have this, obviously, like social media wasn't a thing for Carmelo. Like it was it was it was a thing for Zion, obviously. But like when she broke the record a couple weeks ago, the timeline, that's all it was. That's all it was. That's all you yeah. saw on SportsCenter. That's all you saw the next day. Every story was about her. Like that's where it is now where like everything continues to be the story and she is the biggest story in college basketball this year men's or women's she's the biggest story absolutely kevin in oakbrook you're on espn 1000 what's up kevin hey guys love the show thanks man. yeah i'm an iowa guy i graduated i went to the game in northwestern i love caitlin been watching her for a couple of years but i'm a little bit older than you guys too sure. you mentioned leitner yeah but danny manning oh yeah kansas he put that team on his back. He didn't have, like, Grant Hill, Bobby Hurley. That was a one-man show. It was amazing. It, it, it was just, he, yeah, he, he needs to be in the conversation. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, Kevin, you're right. You, you are a little bit older than we are. So, like, mm-hmm. if, if we're going based on who we've seen, I didn't see Danny Manning play in no. college. I remember him as an NBA player. But, yeah, when you have someone who can put a team on the, in the tournament on their back and go – like, that's why Steph Curry was so special. Like, what he was able to do at Davidson. Mm-hmm. And even though he's a, he's a kid of a former NBA player, like, you knew there was gonna, he was going to be. But, like, it, it was, was different, special. though, because he was the smallest guy on the he court. He didn't fit what he could do. Yeah, it was amazing what he pulled off. Or, like I said, Dwayne Wade and Marquette yeah. making a run to the Final Four. Like, that was pretty special. And Abdallah's uh, pick of Carmelo Anthony at Syracuse. Certainly doing the same thing, winning the national title Mm -hmm. uh, in his first year as a freshman at Syracuse. It's pretty cool. But I I heard that on Saturday. Gus Johnson said that Caitlin Clark is the greatest college basketball player he's ever seen. What do you think? You can call us at 312-332-3776. We also have the song of the night when we're coming up next. Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Black and Abdallah are back. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Walking Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. In the ESPN Chicago app. Thank you to Charlie Bevins and to Jack McGrath for producing tonight's show. We'll return tomorrow night, 6.30 to 8, right here on ESPN 1000 with Black and Abdallah.
NFL Combine Week. A lot to get to throughout the weekend. And tomorrow, Ryan Poles is going to speak to the media. Matt Eberflus will also speak to the media. And I believe I heard Waddle and Sylvie say that Ryan Poles is expected to join them Mm -hmm. uh, tomorrow as well. So a lot of football content. And I I really enjoy the Combine. I like previewing the NFL draft. I like getting ready for it. I like trying to figure out what the Bears will do. I, I think in this specific year... There's endless possibilities. I think it's uh, it's a little strange to me that Peter King earlier today wrote that the winds are blowing in the direction that he thinks the Bears will trade the number one pick. I have not seen that anywhere. No, that, that's and I, wild to me from earlier today. I'm not saying I don't believe it, but I'm saying that y- you're. I, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that by the end of this week, we have someone that has tweeted. Whether it's Schefter or uh, Graziano or Breer or Rappaport, whoever it is, someone will tweet out that there is a the framework for a Justin Fields trade. And as soon as that trade can be made, I don't know the exact date off the top of my head. It's sometime in two weeks, I believe, second week of March, that Justin Fields will be traded. Because I think it was... Um, it was Breer that said last week with Cap and Jay Hood on Friday that this needs to get done fast for the Bears because as soon as free agency opens, um, Kirk Cousins is going to sign somewhere, maybe, that's not with the Vikings. You know, uh, Russell Wilson needs to be traded. What's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo? He's going to be released from his team. He's got to serve a two-game suspension, but he's going to go somewhere. Like There are a lot of pieces that are going to be moved on this quarterback carousel, and you need to figure out what you're going to do. And so every time a quarterback signs or someone is traded or someone's moved, the value of that of Justin Fields goes down a little bit. Right now, everyone needs a, that needs a quarterback is open for business. And the Bears need to make this move sooner rather than later. And that's, that's essentially why they control everything. At this moment, there's endless possibilities, and they control where Fields could go, who needs a quarterback, free agency. But... As you say, when free agency starts, if Kirk Cousins goes to one of these teams, Atlanta, someone that's in the conversation, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say the Steelers because the Steelers have no cap space, so it wouldn't work for a team like that. But yeah. like a team like Atlanta, theoretically, could go out and get Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins, and that solidifies the a Patriots could go there. I mean, the he Patriots, the Patriots could go out and get him. There are many teams that could go out and get Cousins, yeah, and that changes the entire market. And then what teams do in reaction to that, I think Justin Fields is going to be the safe play for a team that wants to upgrade their quarterback. They don't necessarily have an answer, and they don't have a top-five pick. Yeah, See what I'm saying? Like That's where this whole thing is so interesting. People say, hey, why, why are you guys suge- suggesting that Justin Fields is going to be a savior for someone else if he can't do it here? The difference is we have the number one pick. If the Bears were only picking nine, ninth in the first round, this wouldn't be a uh, conversation. Then my pitch to you would be we're keeping fields and we're yeah. drafting the best possible player at nine to keep yeah. building towards the future. Yeah. The reason this has changed as a conversation is because the Bears have the number one pick and, and Ryan Poles controls the NFL at this moment. I don't necessarily think he's going to be a savior for anybody. Like the Falcons aren't guaranteed to be this, this you know, Super Bowl caliber team or the Patriots to be a Super Bowl caliber team with Justin Fields. I think that he just needs a change of scenery. I think that if he goes somewhere and maybe someone can unlock some potential that he never reached with the Bears, and guess what? If he doesn't, 
You can you can not pick up the fifth year option. You can figure out what you're doing for the next year. If you don't like him, you can you can do that, or you pick up the fifth year option if you want to pay him the twenty million or twenty two million for the fifth year, and then negotiate him with an ex- for an extension after that. If you're the other team, I'm not saying that the Steelers are going to go to the Super Bowl because Justin Fields is there. I also don't wish ill upon him. I hope he goes somewhere and plays well. I like Justin Fields. I just think the Bears need an upgraded quarterback. Sorry, I like the Bears. Like, I don't I don't see that this is like this is a bad thing for the Bears. I think this is a good thing for the Bears. Yeah, they're in the best possible situation they can be in at this moment. Uh, there's endless possibility as far as what they could do with the quarterback position. And hopefully we'll find out something this week at the NFL Combine. It's Black and Abdal. We'll be back tomorrow, 630. Before we go, let's get to the song of the night. I want to rock! Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because dial. it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Ex- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. Tonight's song. We're going to Fats Domino. Blueberry Hill. From 1959. Oh, it's your song of the night. Yeah. I found my thrill. Fats Domino. Uh, today would have been Fats Domino's birthday, oh. February 26, 1928. He would have been 89. Well, he was 89 when he passed away mm. in 2017. But today would have been his birthday. This is his uh, most played song on Spotify, like 32 million times this song has been played. Yeah. Is this the oldest song we feature on the Song of the Night from 1959? Have we gone back farther than 1959? Didn't we play a song for Virginia McCaskey's birthday? Oh, we did. You're right. And she's You're 100 right. 100 years, 101 years, years old. You're yeah, right. we did. We yeah, we did. Uh, Fats Domino, extremely influential. It, uh, if, you, if you're a rock musician or were a rock musician like Elvis or dead Beatles or whatever you weren't influenced by fats domino um he this is not this song but one of his songs is the uh the fat man is the first rock and roll single to sell more than a million copies so there you go it would have been his birthday february 26 1928 fats domino blueberry hill it's a short one it's your song of the night Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because dial. it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Ex- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdullah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. I would have guessed the Virginia McCaskey celebration would have been just a tip of the cap. I don't think that was a Song of the Night. Uh, I think we just played a song from like 19... 
I think we did a song of the night. We should probably keep track of this. All right. The oldest one that we've played. I mean, we keep track of all the songs that we play, so we try not to have any repeats. But 59, that's pretty old. 59 is pretty old. We'll talk to you tomorrow with Carmen and Yurko at noon and also at 630. This is Chicago's Home for Sports on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app and ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports.